This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. The calendar has turned to November, and we're talking Indians baseball today with Jordan Bastian, our Indians reporter for MLB.com. Jordan, thank you so much. And uh, as we get this podcast uh, out to the masses just uh, hours before Game 7 of the World Series between the Dodgers and the Astros in L.A., Jordan, uh, a simple question for you. Who you got tonight? Man, I don't know. This is a tough one. It's been uh, been a heavyweight battle so far. It's been really fun to watch, and, you know, it's 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 – Tough to say who's going to win. You know, it's been home home field has played a big role throughout the playoffs, not just in the World Series. Um, but I think, you know, hey, it was a Sports Illustrated many, many years ago <laughs> said that the Astros were going to be the 2017 World Series champions. Well, I would like to see that come to fruition. So I'll, I'll go with the Astros. But, I mean, this this whole World Series has been a coin flip, really. Yeah, it really has. And, and that, that SI cover was back in uh, 2014 when the Astros were in the midst of, I think, their – fifth straights 100 loss season or, or some, something hideous like that and uh you know they put out the very bold proclamation that this rebuilding effort was going to take three years and they'd win a title seemed a little outlandish but they're one went away for making that <laughs> prophecy come true and uh we'll see what happens tonight uh, lance mccullers you darvish in game seven uh it should be fun uh, the Indians uh, were hoping they'd be in a position tonight uh, to get that long-awaited world title as they were in uh, one year ago, uh, facing the Cubs in Game 7. So let's kind of break down uh, this Indians team heading into 2018. Uh, what do you feel when you look at this very strong club that is absolutely going to be a world title contender next year? What right now is the biggest area of need uh, for the Tribe, and how do you think they'll go about addressing that need, whether through uh, a trade perhaps, uh, free agency, or maybe a guy from the minor leagues that's ready to step up. Yeah, it's, this is going to be interesting. So much is going to be contingent on how they handle their own free agents, and that's kind of going to be what sort of establishes the main need. You know, if Carlos Santana isn't back, you know, maybe first base is the biggest need. You know, if Jay Bruce isn't back, uh, if they decline Michael Brantley's option and, and those guys aren't part of the future, um, then maybe corner outfield is the biggest need. If both Brian Shaw and Joe Smith hit the open market, uh, you know maybe bullpen is a big priority. You know there's go- there's a lot of moving parts with this roster and uh, some pretty key players that they could try to retain that might be the best fits. Uh, so when you look at last year, when you examined the free agent market, Edwin Encarnacion. Although at the time, it felt like, oh, well, there's no way the Indians could play in that market. He was the clear-cut, perfect fit for what the Indians were looking for, which was right-handed power at first base. And then it fell into their price range, and they made it happen, and, and that, that was kind of shocked the baseball world last year. So we've seen the situations where this ownership group, when there is an opportunity, they're willing to strike 
especially because this team is in this contention window. Um, but I think right now when you examine the market and you look at who the Indians could potentially keep or potentially lose, some of the perfect fits are already sort of part of the roster um, from last year. You know, Jay Bruce, Carlos Santana, you know, those are two really important guys. And, you know, maybe trying to keep one of Shaw and Smith for the bullpen, and, and then all of a sudden you're looking at maybe going after complementary type pieces for the rest of the offseason. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see which direction they take. As you said, uh, some key pieces of that roster very much in flux right now. Who stays and who goes, and that'll dictate uh, what direction the Indians go uh, by and large for the 2017 offseason here heading into 2018. Jordan, no secret that this uh, roster is uh, oozing with uh, with talents and uh, so many guys had so many big seasons. So what is the biggest area of strength right now in this Indians team that fans should feel the best about? Well, it's still the pitching staff. I mean, they have the ability to basically bring back the entire pitching staff, one that you know set the single-season record for strikeouts, strikeouts per nine innings, and single-season war based on fan graphs, uh, surpassing the 1996 Braves. I mean, that was a pretty remarkable accomplishment for that pitching staff and one that they're pretty proud of. It was funny, on Twitter the other day, a fan actually said, watching this, this World Series, I don't think the Indians' lineup really matches up well with with these teams, you know, it seems like the Indians would have been lacking. It's well, people kind of forget that the Indians were third in the AL and run scored, mm-hmm. but the difference would have been you would have a historically great pitching staff would have been matched up, you know, against these lineups. Uh, you know, and Houston obviously has had a historically great offense, so it's it's tough to compare there. And it would have been fun to see the Indians against the Astros to put the best pitching against the best hitting. That we didn't get to see that, uh, unfortunately, but. Um, I would still say when you're bringing back a rotation that you could virtually keep all intact uh, with Kluber, Carrasco, Bauer, uh, you know, you've got Salazar, you've got Tomlin, Clevenger, you know, you could bring that whole group back and then a bullpen that's still going to be anchored by Andrew Miller and Cody Allen. Yeah, that's a pretty big strength going forward and the foundation to continue to contend. Yeah, no question. Uh, for as much attention as Corey Kluber gets, and deservedly so, there are so many guys, you know, below Kluber that fill out a fantastic rotation two through five. And like you said, we were uh, deprived of the chance in the LCS to see uh, the best pitching against the best hitting would have been Indians and Astros. Maybe that happens in 2018. Uh, We will find out. Time will tell. Uh, Jordan, give me two players uh, at each end of the spectrum. You know, we always see guys that both under and overperform. So a guy that's maybe due for some regression next year and a guy that uh, could bounce back a little bit after having somewhat of a down season this year. Yeah, it's funny. Watching Francisco Lindor's development as a hitter, he keeps getting better, and it's from the minor leagues to the major leagues, he's been a better major league hitter than he ever was a minor league hitter, which seems backwards. Um, And last year, he surpassed 30 homers along with seemingly everyone in baseball. Um, But the, the power that Lindor has shown has been really, really surprising. And I think I said the same thing a year ago. I said there's no way he can hit for as much power as he did uh, in 2016 and in 2017. And then he hit 30 homers um, and surpassed expectations there. But I would still sort of say, as young as he is, and, and you know this, the type of power he's put up, I just I never viewed him as a 30 homer guy. Um, and maybe I should start changing my perception of him. But I still think that uh, he's going to find maybe a better all-around offensive level, um, and maybe that's going to mean some power uh, regression. Um, As far as a guy who could bounce back, 
Uh, I think you're looking at a guy like Jason Kipnis, whose OPS was around 700 last year. But what we've seen throughout Kipnis's career is when he's fought injuries, he's you, know, you can look at his career seasons, and the seasons that stand out as bad years, those were injury-plagued years. Something went wrong health-wise. All the other years where he's been an above-average player or an all-star, um, he's had pretty much a clean bill of health or at least uh, didn't have injuries that were impactful in a way that would affect your hitting. Uh, so I think Kipnis would be the most logical guy to go, hey, if he gets through the offseason fine, gets over the injury issues that he dealt with this last year, um, he would stand to get back to that sort of expected level of performance that Indians fans are so used to seeing. Yeah, and maybe, uh, Jordan, at this time next year, you hear yourself saying, boy, I never thought Lindor would hit 45 home runs, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) He's just, like you said, he's doing things backwards, uh, better as a major leaguer than a minor leaguer, and uh, the sky's the limit for that guy uh, who could uh, really cement himself as the best shortstop in the game, and there's a lot of talent at that position all across baseball. Uh, As we begin to come down the home stretch, uh, give me one guy that is the biggest question mark right now with regards to health issues. Yeah, I mean, since I already mentioned Kipnis, we'll go in a different direction here. You know, you could say Michael Brantley, but, you know, so much hinges on that team option and and whether or not he's even a part of the 2018 plans. You know, that remains to be seen. If he is part of the plans, then, yeah, there still will be that that huge question mark over his durability given uh, the wide range of injuries he's had for the last two years. Um, But the guy that I think is maybe more interesting is going to be Danny Salazar especially when, while he was injured last year, uh, Mike Clevenger really stepped up as that fourth starter that the Indians needed. Um, Josh Tomlin has a pretty affordable team option um, that the Indians would, I would assume, it looks like a no-brainer to pick it up, just given the the cost of pitching on the market and what he's been doing over the last few years for them. So if he's back, you know, you've got a guy who can be a fifth guy or potentially in the bullpen, and then you've got Salazar, who has never really sort of maxed out that potential that they've seen with that live arm. Um, you know, he's had injury issues for the last two years and cost him stints down in the minors, stints on the DL, stints in the bullpen. Um, and so it's sort of interesting. He's at this point where do you continue to try and run with him as a starting pitcher? Do you maybe start viewing him as, you know, maybe limiting him into a, a high leverage relief you know, pitcher, would that be a better way to go um, given the uh, quality of his uh, pitch arsenal and the high velocity? Uh, it's There's so many directions you could go, and I think so much of it is tied to what's looked like, uh, you know, a lack of durability or, or bounce back or just consistently having issues with his elbow or his shoulder um, that have sidelined him. So I think he's going to be a really interesting guy to see how they treat him this winter and how they treat him in the spring and, and throughout next year. And, Jordan, to wrap things up here, I think that any of the 30 teams in baseball can fall into one of five categories, either a rebuilding team, a plain non-contending team, a playoff contending team for a wild card spot, a team contending for a division crown, and ultimately a world title contender. And any reason to think that this Indians team will not contend for a world title, I I think that's the pretty obvious uh, designation here for the Indians heading into 2018. Yeah, I mean, it's still World Series or bust. I mean, they came so close in 2016, as close as you can come, um, pushing it into extra innings in Game 7 against the Cubs. Um, and then this year, I mean, the goal was the World Series, um, and they didn't. They obviously didn't get past the first round. So that remains the goal. I mean, they have built this roster to have this really strong core group together 
from 2018 to 2020. And then, you know, once you get past that, there's still key guys that are going to be in place. But when you're looking at like that core group that's under control and locked in with contracts, I mean, this is the window right now. They're still going for it. And the way they're viewing the offseason is to take a roster that was, like I said, third in the American League and run scored, best in baseball and pitching, one of the top defensive units in baseball, the best bullpen in baseball, um, you know, depending on what metric you're looking at. Uh, so I think they already have a great roster, a deep and talented roster, and a roster that they're not going to overreact to five games in the playoffs to. They're going to look at that, that wide sample and try and strengthen going into 2018 and continue that push for the World Series. And you know what? Maybe the Indians were just waiting for it to be a nice round number if they win in 2018. <laughs> That's 70 years uh, since the last world title in 1948. Maybe that was the master plan all along. Uh, time will tell. Maybe we're talking uh, Indians world champs at this time next year. At this time next week, Jordan, we'll do it again. We thank you for the time. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.